0: We're going to get into a few passages, chapters today as we move on that might make you, again, scratch your head and wonder and think and ask, and I hope they do. You're going to hear some familiar names and probably some familiar, maybe even infamous locations today. For example, Sodom and Gomorrah, Lot, Abraham, Sarah, Hagar. Any of those names sound familiar to you? Probably you've heard of them before. Today, we're going to just continue with our read through. We're going to be in chapter 15 through 21. I'm really glad that you were back here again with me. Let's get started. Welcome back, I'm Jennifer Richmond and this is the Dwelling Richly Bible Study where we love God, heart, soul, mind and strength. We are women who enthusiastically and intentionally dwell in the word and let the word of Christ dwell in us richly. You can find Bible studies and video teaching like this on my blog and the Dwelling Richly podcast. Subscribe to this channel, hit that little church bell so you can get notified whenever I drop a new video. Let's get into the word. All right, well, let's do exactly that and dwell in the word together right now. We are in a lesson one and it's day four. Today, we're simply going to be reading through chapters 15, through 21. Uh, Let's go ahead and open in prayer. I'll read our opening prompt here for us and we'll get started. Number one, pray. Sometimes reading the Bible can be a breeze and other times it can be really challenging. Ask God to give you wisdom today as you read. We're going to need it for sure. Challenging passages today. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you right now for your great love for us. We thank you for your word and as challenging as it can be to really wrap our mind around how and why things happen, God, we ask that you would just give us wisdom. Help us to understand what we need to know uh, to really know you better and keep our focus away from things that would distract and and cause us to be perplexed uh, beyond what we need to be. Thank you lord that we have minds to think and we can be curious and ask good questions and we pray for the timing uh, to understand better give us the wisdom once again that we need as we get into your word today in jesus name amen all right and then also of course memorize and meditate is a key part of our bible study and we've been working on isaiah 40 verse 28 and um, we're memorizing it on this lesson out of the niv like i said earlier Mostly because that was the passage, that was the version I had memorized it from. And I, I ended up writing a song about that. I thought it would be kind of fun to share that with you. So you can listen to the video that's in this playlist if you're over on YouTube. And uh, have fun, you know, listening to me lead the kids singing word for word scripture with this particular song. But go ahead and write Isaiah 40 verse 28 there in the box above. And try reciting it out loud like this. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. All right. Uh, write as much of that as you can from memory. Hopefully you're doing well on that and try reciting it out loud and really like say it with emotion and feeling and, and get into it as you do as well. All right. Number three, re- read and engage. Record your thoughts and questions. As you read, use a colored highlighter. Ta-da! Like one of these Pentel eights, really helpful and use those to help you mark important concepts. You're going to want to recall later. We want to focus on the who and the where, um, who's important, where are they going And then also, what are they doing? Um, God and the attributes that we're seeing of God displayed. And then any questions or comments that you have, any thoughts. And then, of course, any, just a tie-in to the idea of being lost and found, which you're going to definitely see in this passage. So make a note of that. And don't forget to leave a comment before you go at the end of this video or pause right now and do that. Hit the like button and the share and the little heart or whatever is showing on your screen to do. And then uh, let's go ahead and get into the word right now. After these things, the Lord's message came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram. I am your shield and the one who will reward you in great abundance. But Abram said, O sovereign Lord, what will you give me since I continue to be childless and my heir is Eleazar of Damascus? Abram added, since you have not given me a descendant, then look, one born in my house will be my heir. But look, the Lord's message came to him. This man will not be your heir, but instead a son who comes from your own body will be your heir. The Lord took him outside and said, gaze into the sky and count the stars if you are able to count them. Then he said to him, so will your descendants be. Abram believed the Lord and the Lord credited it as righteousness, uh, as righteousness to him. I want to pause right here also and remind you to make a note of when you see the word Lord spelled in all capitals, written out in all capitals, or if it's just Lord with a capital L-O-R-D. And that means something different in the Bible. We talked about that in my opening message. Go back and listen to that. And then also you can probably get the information about that if you have a good Bible that just has some introduction notes. Go to the very opening pages before Genesis and read the introduction information in your Bible. And probably if you've got a good Bible, you will see an explanation of the all caps Lord versus the lowercase with just the capital L Lord. Verse seven, the Lord said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess. But Abram said, oh sovereign Lord, by what can I know that I am to possess it? The Lord said to him, take for me an heifer, a goat and a ram, each three years old, along with a dove and a young pigeon. So Abram took all these from for him and then cut them into two and placed each half opposite the other. But he did not cut the birds in half. When the birds of, the, of prey came down on the carcasses, Abraham drove them away. When the sun went down, Abram fell sound asleep and great terror overwhelmed him. Then the Lord said to Abram, Know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a foreign country. They will be enslaved and oppressed for 400 years, but I will execute judgment on the nation that they will serve. Afterward, they will come out with many possessions. But as for you, you will go to your ancestors in peace and be buried at a good old age. In the fourth generation, your descendants will return here, for the sin of the Amorites has not yet reached its limit. When the sun had gone down and it was dark, a smoking firepot with a flaming torch passed between the animal parts. That day the Lord made a covenant with Abram. To your descendants I give this land, from the river of Egypt to the great river, the Euphrates River, the land of the Kenites, Kenizzites, Cadmonites, Hittites, Perizzites, Raphaites, Amorites, Canaanites, Girgashites, and Jebusites. Chapter 16 Now, Sarai, Abram's wife, had not given birth to any children, but she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, since the Lord has prevented me from having children, please sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have a family by her. Abraham did what Sarai told him. All right, pause right there. So once again, we want to be looking at who. So you're obviously Abram. We have the Lord. We have, um... Uh, Sarai and now we have Hagar written in here you might also want to be writing down where and ideas like e- Egypt being mentioned here so make note of these types of things as you continue going and maybe also as you're reading this you're thinking I know this story because you've read it in Exodus or you've seen uh, the movie <laughs> this content this relates back to that doesn't it pretty cool So after Abraham had lived in Canaan for 10 years, Sarai, Abram's wife, gave Hagar, her Egyptian servant, to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar and she became pregnant. Once Hagar realized she was pregnant, she despised Sarai. Then Sarai said to Abram, You have brought this wrong on me. I gave my servant into your embrace, but when she realized she was pregnant, she despised me. May the Lord judge between you and me. Abram said to Sarai, Since your servant is under your authority, do to her whatever you think best. Then Sarai treated Hagar harshly, and she ran away from Sarai. The angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring of water in the wilderness, the spring that is along the road to Shur. He said, Hagar, servant of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? She replied, I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress and submit to her authority. I will greatly multiply your descendants, the angel of the Lord added, so that they will be too numerous to count. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, You are now pregnant and are about to give birth to a son. You are to name him Ishmael, for the Lord has heard your painful groans. He will be a wild donkey of a man. He will be hostile to everyone, and everyone will be hostile to him. He will live away from his brothers. So Sarah named the Lord who spoke to her, You are the God who sees me. For she said, Here I have been seen, though I have seen the one who sees me. That is why the well is called Beer Lahai Roy. It is located between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar gave birth to Abram's son, whom Abram named Ishmael. Now Abraham was 86, Abram was 86 years old when Agar gave birth to Ishmael. Chapter 17, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the sovereign God. Walk before me and be blameless. Then I will confirm my covenant between me and you, and I will give you a multitude of descendants. Abram bowed down with his face to the ground, and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer will your name be Abram. Instead, your name will be Abraham because I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you extremely fruitful. I will make nations of you. Kings will descend from you. I will confirm my covenant as a perpetual covenant between you, between me and you. I, it will extend to your descendants after you throughout their generations. I will be your God and the God of your descendants after you. I will give the whole land of Canaan, the land where you are now residing, to you and your descendants after you as a permanent possession. I will be their God. Then God said to Abraham, As for you, you must keep the covenantal requirement I am imposing on you and your descendants after you throughout their generations. This is my requirement that you keep you and your descendants after you must keep Every male among you must be circumcised. You must circumcise the flesh of your foreskins. This will be a reminder of the covenant between me and you. Throughout your generations, every male among you who is eight days old must be circumcised, whether born in your house or brought with money from any foreigner who is not one of your descendants. They must indeed be circumcised, whether born in your house or bought with money. The sign of my covenant will be visible in your flesh as a permanent reminder any uncircumcised male who has not been circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin will be cut off from his people. He has failed to carry out my requirement. Then God said to Abraham, as for your wife, you must no longer call her Sarai. Sarah will be her name. I will bless her and give you a son through her. I will bless her and she will become the mother of nations. King of Kings of countries will come from her. Then Abraham bowed down with his face to the ground and laughed as he said to himself, Can a son be born to a man who is a hundred years old? Can Sarah bear a child at the age of ninety? Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you! God said, no sarah your wife is going to bear you a son and you will name him isaac i will confirm my covenant with him as a perpetual covenant for his descendants after him as for ishmael i have heard you i will indeed bless him make him fruitful and give him a multitude of descendants he will become the father of 12 princes i will make him into a great nation but i will establish my covenant with isaac whom sarah will hear uh, will bear to you at this time next year When he finished speaking with Abraham, God went up from him. Abraham took his son Ishmael and every male in his household, whether born in his house or bought with money, and circumcised them on that very same day, just as God has told him to do. Now, Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised. His son Ishmael was 13 years old when he was circumcised. Abraham and his son Ishmael were circumcised on the very same day. All the men of his household, whether born in his household or brought with money from a foreigner, were circumcised with him. All right, pause there at the end here of chapter 17. Think about this idea of circumcision. Uh, Make note of how old Abraham was, but make note of how old Ishmael was and that God had said uh, going forward of how old, on what day. Uh, a child should be a son should be circumcised and now here is Ishmael and you can i want you to see that timeline of how old Ishmael is 13 years old and the significance of of being 13 years old moving forward and maybe you're even aware of that if you are have friends or family who are jewish in tradition and follow um, judaism then maybe you have a, participated in this kind of a coming of age moment in which is still to this day practice in judaism uh called a bar or a bat mitzvah uh, so a bar mitzvah is for boys and a bat mitzvah would be for girls And uh, this year of 13 is a significant one in that tradition. A lot more there to unpack than that for sure. But I just thought I'd make a note of that. Those are the types of things, you know, make those connections with what you already know and go, huh. I wonder if that you know does that come from here and you know just start thinking along those lines remember we're just reading we're going to dive in we're going to get get deep and we're going to unpack a lot more of this in the coming weeks but for right now make those little side notes either in your bible or right there on your lesson page all right here we go chapter 18. the lord appeared to abraham by the oaks of Mamre. now get out your highlighter and make a note of that location and i use green when i'm noting a physical location so Oaks of Mamre, while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent during the hottest time of the day, Abraham looked up and saw three men standing across from him. When he saw them, he ran from the entrance of the tent to meet them and bowed, down, bowed low to the ground. He said, My Lord, if I have found favor in your sight, do not pass by and leave your servant. Let a little water be brought so that you may all wash your feet and rest under the tree. And let me get a bit of food so that you may refresh yourself since you have passed by your servant's home. After that, you may be on your way. All right, they replied you may do as you say so abraham hurried into the tent and said to sarah quick take three measures of fine flour knead it make bread then abraham ran to the herd and chose a fine tender calf and gave it to a servant who quickly prepared it abraham then took some curds and milk along with the calf that had been prepared and placed the food before them they ate while he was standing the, near them under a tree pause again Another thing to make note of while you're reading and a quick pass through is foods that are mentioned in the Bible. We, um, you know, we've already had earlier uh, food or drink mentioned. Uh, If you want to go back to the story of Noah and make note of that, but make note of it here. And a fun thing to do is to... know, keep a a menu of Genesis, basically, and start making note of that. And then when we get together in fellowship, um, bring together some of those foods that you can kind of recreate on your own and give yourself that multi-sensory experience that really helps to bring the Bible alive, not just how we read, how we hear, how we think, but also how we taste and enjoy and and really try to embrace and get into this so write those foods down and keep yourself a menu from genesis all right continuing on verse nine then they asked him where is sarah your wife he replied there in a tent one of them said i will surely return to you when the season comes around again and your wife sarah will have a son Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent not far behind him. Abraham and Sarah were old and advancing in years. Sarah had long since passed menopause. So Sarah laughed to herself thinking, Am I, I, (laughs) after I am worn out, will I have pleasure, especially when my husband is old too? The Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Will I really have a child when I am old? Is anything impossible for the Lord? I will return to you when the season comes around again, and Sarah will have a son. Then Sarah lied, saying, I did not laugh, because she, she was afraid. But the Lord said, No, you did laugh. Verse, 14, uh, verse 16, When the men got up to leave, he looked out over Sodom. Now Abraham was walking with them to see them on their way. The, then the Lord said, Should I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? After all, Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation, and all the nations on the earth may receive blessing through him. I have chosen him so that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. Then the Lord will give to Abraham what he promised him. So the Lord said, the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sins so blatant that I must go down and see if they are as wicked as the outcry suggests. If not, I want to know. The two men turned and headed toward Sodom, but Abram was standing before the Lord. Abram, Abraham approached and said, You really sweep away the godly along with the wicked? What if there are 50 godly people in the city? Will you really wipe it out and not spare the place for the sake of the 50 godly people who are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to kill the godly with the wicked, treating the godly and the wicked alike. Far be it from you. Will not the judge of the whole earth do what is right? So the Lord replied, If I find in this city of Sodom fifty godly people, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Then Abraham said, Since I have undertaken to speak to the Lord, although I am but dust and ashes, what if there are five less than the fifty godly people? Will you destroy the whole city because there are five lacking? He replied, I will not destroy it if I find 45 there. Abraham spoke to him again. What if 40 are found there? (laughs) He replied, I will not do it for the sake of the 40. Then Abraham said, may the Lord not be angry so that I may speak. What if 30 are found there? He replied, I will not do it if I find 30 there. Abraham said, since I have undertaken to speak to the Lord, what if only 20 are found there? He replied, I will not destroy it for the sake of the 20. Finally, Abraham said, May the Lord not be angry, so that I may speak just once more. What if ten are found there? He replied, I will not destroy it for the sake of the ten. The Lord went on his way when he had finished speaking to Abraham. Then Abraham returned home. Chapter 19. The two angels came to Sodom in the evening while Lot was sitting in the city's gateway. When Lot saw them, he got up to meet them and bowed down with his face toward the ground. He said, here, my lords, please turn aside to your servant's house. Stay the night and wash your feet. Then you can be on your way early in the morning. No, they replied. We'll spend the night in the town square. But he urged them persistently. So they turned aside with him and entered his house. He repaired a feast for them, including bread baked without yeast, and they ate. Before they could lie down to sleep, all the men, both young and old, from every part of the city of Sodom, surrounded the house. They shouted to Lot, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out so that we can take carnal knowledge of them. Lot went outside to them, shutting the door behind him. He said, No, my brothers, don't act so wickedly. Look, I have two daughters who have never before been intimate with a man. Let me bring them out to you, and you can do to whatever them do to them whatever you please. Only don't do anything to these men, for they have come under the protection of my roof. Out of our way, they cried. This man came to live here as a foreigner, and now he dared to judge us. We'll do more harm to you than to them. They kept pressing in on Lot until they were close enough to break down the door. So the men inside reached out and pulled Lot back into the house as they shut the door. Then they struck the men who were at the door of the house, from the youngest to the oldest, with blindness. The men outside wore themselves out trying to find the door. Then the two visitors said to Lot, Who else do you have here? Do you have any sons-in-law, sons, daughters, or other relatives in the city? Get them out of this place because we are about to destroy it. The outcry against this place is so great before the Lord that he has sent us to destroy it. Then Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law who were going to marry his daughters. He said, Quick, get out of this place because the Lord is about to destroy the city. But his sons-in-law thought he was ridiculing them. At dawn, the angels hurried Lot along saying, Get going, take your wife and two daughters who are here or else you will be destroyed when the city is judged. When Lot hesitated, the men grabbed his hand and, and uh, the hands of his wife and two daughters because the Lord had compassion on them. They led him away and placed them outside the city. When they had brought them outside, they said, Run for your lives. Don't look back. I don't look behind you or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the mountains or you will be destroyed. But Lot said to them, No, please, Lord, your servant has found favor with you, and you have shown me great kindness by sparing my life, but I am not able to escape to the mountains because this disaster will overtake me and I'll die. Look, this town over here is close enough to escape to, and it's just a little one. Let me go over there. It's just a little place, isn't it? Then I'll survive. Very well, he replied. I will grant this request, too, and will not overthrow the town you mentioned. Run there quickly, for I cannot do anything until you arrive there. This incident explains why the town was called Zoar. The sun had just risen over the land as Lot reached Zoar. When the Lord rained down sulfur and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah, it was sent down from the sky by the Lord. So he overthrew those cities and all that region, including all the inhabitants of the cities and the vegetation that grew from the ground. But Lot's wife looked back longingly and was turned into a pillar of salt abraham got up early in the morning and went to the place where he had stood before the lord he looked out toward sodom and gomorrah and all the land of that region as he did so he saw the smoke rising up from the land like smoke from a furnace so when god destroyed the cities of the region god honored Abraham's, abraham's request he removed Lot from the midst of the destruction when he destroyed the cities Lot had lived in. Lot went from up from Zoar with his two daughters and settled in the mountains because he was afraid to live in Zoar. So he lived in a cave with his two daughters. Later, the older daughter said to the younger, Our father is old. There's no man in the country to sleep with us the way everyone does. Come, let us make our father drunk with wine so we can go to bed with him and preserve our family line through our father. So that night they made their father drunk with wine and the older daughter came in and went to bed with her father, but he was not aware of when she lay down with him or when she got up. So in the morning, the older daughter said to the younger, since I went to bed with my father last night, let's make him drunk again tonight and you go in and go to bed with him so we can preserve our family line through our father. So they made their father drunk that night as well. And the younger one came and went to bed with him. He was not aware of when she lay down with him or when she got up. In this way, both of Lot's daughters became pregnant by their father. The older daughter gave birth to a son and named him Moab. He is the ancestor of the Moabites of today. The younger daughter also gave birth to a son and named him Ben-Ami. He is the ancestor of the Ammonites of today. (laughs) Okay, there's so much that would probably... I, I would think would trouble and confuse and, and cause you to question in this chapter alone, right? So take the time to pause, jot down a few thoughts and questions, feel free to, you know, do some you know, looking at, at, at the passages more deeply as you would like. And then of course, later on in the study, we're going to be unpacking this a great deal. Uh, but this is the type of but this is the type of passage that I reference in our in my opening message about when we get to passages in the Bible that horrify us, shock us as obviously we would on so many points in this passage. we need to understand that this is first about what do I know to be true about the nature of God, what do I coming to understand about ancient civilizations of this time? And um, and then take any confusing, difficult, perplexing, horrifying parts and say, I, I understand this is for a reason um, in terms of, you know, relaying what happened. Uh, I'm not going to make this about me. And I'm going to avoid the temptation that we often have when we come to the Old Testament or any story in the Bible to look for what's the moral of this story, you know. Uh, certainly we have to go beyond it's wrong to sleep with your dad. <laughs> that should be plainly evident. Uh, but what else is happening here? And in an ancient uh, civilization, what would this, what would have, what would this have implied? What would this, have, what would be the implications of what happened here? And if you know any anything about those two people groups named the Moabites and the Ammonites, you know what are the implications for how Israel ended up engaging with them later on? So be aware of that. Just simply highlight, um, you know, get your. Markers out, green for locations, brown for people, and just start making note of those types of questions as they come up. All right, our last two chapters, 21, uh, 20 and 21. Abraham journeyed from there to the Negev region and settled between Kadesh and Shur, when he lived as a temporary resident in Gerar. Abraham said about his wife, Sarah, she's my sister. So Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent for Sarah and took her. But God appeared to Abimelech in a dream at night and said to him, You are as good as dead because of the woman you have taken, for she is someone else's wife. Now Abimelech had not gone near her. He said, Lord, would you really slaughter an innocent nation? Did Abraham not say to me, she is my sister? And she herself said, he's my brother. I have done this with a clear conscience and with innocent hands. Then, in the dream, God replied to him, Yes, I know you have done this with a clear conscience. That is why I have kept you from sinning against me, why I did not allow you to touch her. But now give back the man's wife. Indeed, he is a prophet, and he will pray for you. Thus you will live. But if you don't give her back, know that you will surely die along with all who belong to you. Early in the morning, Abimelech summoned all of his servants, when he told them about these things, they were terrified. Abimelech summoned Abraham and said to him, What have you done to us? What sin did I commit against you that you would cause such uh, that would cause you, you know, uh, to bring such great guilt on me and my kingdom? You have done these things to me that should not be done. Then Abimelech asked Abraham, What prompted you to do this thing? Abraham replied, Because I thought, Surely no one fears God in this place. They will kill me because of my wife. What's more, she's indeed my sister, my father's daughter. "'not my mother's daughter. "'She became my wife. "'When God made me wander from my father's house, "'I told her, "'This is what you can do to show your loyalty to me. "'Every place we go, say about me, he's my brother.' "'So Abimelech gave sheep, cattle and male, "'and female servants to Abraham. "'He also gave his wife Sarah back to him. "'Then Abimelech said, "'Look, my land is before you. "'Live wherever you please.' "'To Sarah he said, "'Look, I have given a thousand pieces of silver "'to your brother.' This is compensation for you that you will stand vindicated before all who are with you. Abraham prayed to God and God healed Abimelech as well as his wife and female slaves. So they were able to have children. But the Lord had caused infertility to strike every woman in the household of Abimelech because he took Sarah, Abraham's wife. <laughs> all right, here we go again. Got to unpack that. Got to think about that. Got to at least be willing to ask some questions. Um, why why Abram would have even began to say something like this is just my sister as if that would solve any problems right and not create more so at least jot down questions that you have about this and uh, we'll dig into that a little bit more later chapter 21 the Lord visited Sarah just as he had said he would and did for Sarah what he had promised so So Sarah became pregnant and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the appointed time that God had told him. Abraham named his son, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. When his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him just as God had commanded him to do. Now Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Sarah said, God has made me laugh. Everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. She went on to say, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have given birth to a son for him in his old age. The child grew and was weaned. Abraham prepared a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. Sarah noticed the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, son whom Hagar had borne to Abraham, walking. She said to Abraham, Banish that slave woman and her son, for the son that that slave woman will not be an heir along with my son Isaac. Sarah's demand despised, uh, displeased Abraham greatly, because Ishmael was his son. But God said to Abraham, Do not be upset about the boy or your slave wife. Do all that Sarah is telling you, because... "'Through Isaac your descendants will be counted, "'but I will also make the son of the slave wife "'into a great nation, for he is your descendant too.' "'Early in the morning, Abraham took some food "'and a skin of water and gave them to Hagar. "'He put them on her shoulders, gave her the child, "'and sent her away. "'So she went wandering aimlessly "'through the wilderness of Beersheba. "'When the water in the skin was gone, "'she shoved the child under one of the shrubs, "'and she went and sat down by herself "'across from him at quite a distance.' about a bowshot away for she thought i refuse to watch the child die so she sat across from him and wept uncontrollably but god heard the boy's voice the angel of god called to hagar from heaven and asked her what is the matter hagar don't be afraid for god has heard the boy's voice right where he was crying get up help the boy up and hold him by the hand for i will make him into a great nation Then God enabled Hagar to see a well of water. She went over and filled the skin with water and then gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy as he grew. He lived in the wilderness and became an archer. He lived in the wilderness of Paran. His mother found a wife for him in the land of Egypt. At that time, Abimelech and Pichol, the commander of his army, said to Abraham, God is with you in all that you do. Now swear to me right here in God's name that you will not deceive me, my children or my descendants. Show me and the land where you are staying, the same loyalty that I have shown to you. Abraham said, I swear to do this. But Abraham lodged a complaint against Abimelech concerning a well that Abimelech's servant had seized. I do not know who has done this thing, Abimelech replied. Moreover, you did not tell me. I did not hear about it till today. Abraham took some sheep and cattle and gave them to Abimelech. The two of them made a treaty. Then Abraham set seven ewe lambs apart from the flock by themselves. Abimelech said, asked Abraham, What is the meaning of these seven ewe lambs that have set apart? He replied, You must take these seven ewe lambs from my hand as legal proof that I dug this well. That is why he named that place Beersheba, because the two of them swore an oath there. So they made a treaty at Beersheba, Then Abimelech and Pichol, the commander of his army, returned to the land of the Philistines. Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba. There he worshipped the Lord, the eternal God. So Abraham stayed in the land of the Philistines for quite some time. All right. Well, that wraps up our read through of today's lesson. And I am definitely curious. I'm curious about how you're feeling so far doing these readings. And then I'm also curious about any questions that you might have. So drop a comment, leave them down here below and engage with us here in um, in this podcast. Love to hear from you. Also, if you are on Facebook, we do have the Dwelling Richly uh, Facebook group for people who are in the Bible study, and I want to encourage you to engage in there as well. And then uh, just thank you for being here with me today. At the very least, leave a comment and say hi, and hit that like button there, and um, make sure the heart button if you're listening on a podcast, and uh, just make sure it's like a, a roll call. I mean, letting me letting you know that you've been here. So, thanks again for being here with me today. Uh, I look forward to being back here again, and in, in uh, day five of our lesson. And know, as always, that you are loved and prayed for. And I look forward to being back here again with you, Bill, soon. Bye, bye. Bye